Shalom, I'm Dr. Yana Sanders, and I'm inviting you to walk with me on a life-changing journey as we return to the original language and culture of the Word of God together. TheFoundationNest.com is offering a program with you in mind for those who are hungry and thirsty for the Lord. This program is called Hakan Ivri. It's found at www.thefoundationnest.com. You can click on the name Hakan Ivri and walk with us. In this exciting program, you will learn about ancient rabbinical literature that is found in the Word of God. Also, when the Lord spoke many of the teachings that He shared that are recorded in the Gospels, He referenced some of these ancient writings. You'll also understand the history behind many of the sayings that Yeshua spoke the Hebraic idioms in Scripture. We have many topics that we'll be covering, but the reports have been incredible from the people who have already been walking this path, that their eyes have been opened to a brand new way of engaging with the Lord, of seeing Him truly in His true setting, with His language, with His culture, and engaging with the Lord in such a way has brought new depth and meaning to their lives. I would love to walk this path with you. If you'll go to this website, www.thefoundationnest.com. Now that's all one word, thefoundationnest.com. Click on the tab, Hakan Ivri, and let's walk together and discover the ancient paths, again, that are unfolding in this day and this era to draw all of us into a deeper union with the person of the Lord. I look forward to seeing you there. Shalom and shalom. Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast, Wisdom's Echo. I am Lindy Masters, sharing an insight of the day with you today. Today I want to speak a little bit about who we are, uh, and what Yahweh has called us to do with regards to operating in the spirit and finding out who we are in Christ. This is sort of my story, my, my, my thing at the moment. We've got to know who we are. If we don't know who we are, we can't do what we're supposed to do. And, and I think what I'm beginning to understand is that the more I walk into this, the more I realize the, the less I know, the more I know, the less I know, the more I think I know, the less I think I know, the more I've taught in the past, the less I know that I realized I was knew what I was talking about in the past and I'm moving into new things. I also realized that I had a preconceived idea of what God looked like and what Yeshua looked like, not looked like, but who they were, their, their nature, their, their character. A lot of it was formulated by religious structures, religious teachings. You know, God is an angry God. God is a good God. God is my papa God who loves and hugs and kisses me and, 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 and cuddles on my lap with me. You know, all these different things are things that really have been portrayed to me by preachers, by teachings, by my Bible school experiences. Um, and yet not many of them have come from a place of, 
of engaging with him face to face. I had a massive encounter when I got born again from above, never backslidden in 40 years, just in love with him. But I want to say that in the last um, nine years, I've probably been more in love with him and more excited about the word and who he is than I've been in all of my Christian walk. All of my walk as a, as a true believer in Yeshua HaMashiach. And that's because I've begun to realize that I can have a face-to-face -face encounter with who he is. But I had to learn how to untangle from previous ideologies of what I thought he was, what his nature was. You know, many people in all the years of counseling, many people, the way they see Yeshua is the way their brothers or pastors have, have treated them. And so when I have a look at a scripture, and the scripture is in John chapter 4 and verse 24. And it says, so I'm going to read verse 23, but an hour is coming now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshippers. But God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Now, I've known this and, you know, we were psalmists, we traveled the world, my husband and I together. And we've always said that God's looking for true worshippers, you know, worship in spirit and in truth. And I wonder sometimes in our worshiping of Yahweh, when we have pre, you know, written out songs that are sung all over the world by all these people, is that worshiping in spirit and truth or is it just worshiping to the best of our ability? And in our meetings, I've said to my worship team, try not to sing songs others have written, but make, write your own songs. And in fact, as we're worshiping, Go into your heart, go into your spirit, man, and find words and sing, and we'll sing with you. That's new song every morning thing, you know, as we seek him in, in spirit and in truth. So the hour has come when God, who is spirit, will um, those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, God is a spirit. So worshiping in spirit is worshiping in the spirit, in the person, in the nature, and in the soul of who he is. His word is spirit. And, and so we've got to learn what that looks like, how to look into the realms of his kingdom and see him um, as he is because he is spirit. Um, and yet, you know, I've, I've had an encounter with him in the dark cloud of the Lord and he had, he had form. So he, he had form in that realm, but he isn't necessarily confined to form. We have the Holy Spirit, the Ruach, the breath, the Holy Spirit that lives within us. We must worship in spirit and in truth, and you know, we speak about ascending or ascensions. Well, ascension this is the act of rising to a higher level. So it's not for me just like, I don't use the words ascension group because that for me sort of denotes that I'm stuck on the earth, clawing my way up to heaven, trying to have an, a, an encounter with Yahweh. I'm always seated with him in, in heavenly places. However, in an ascending form of who I am, I'm coming up and rising up to a higher level of consciousness within myself, realizing, oh, hold on, I'm not stuck on the earth. Yes, look around me. I'm with him in heavenly places. That for me is what an ascension is. It's an ascension of the understanding of where I am and who I am and what that looks like. Now, one of the things that really sort of bent my brain a little bit, you know, we can't come and worship in flesh. We can't come and worship in self. Uh, many songs that we sing have so much of ourselves inflicted into the song and it's all about me and then all this is for my glory because it's all about me because you came and saved me and you did this wonderful thing so that's why I worship you because you're great. Well really if I went to my father, my, my earthly father and said dad 
um, you know, I'm such a great person. I do these things. I've done this. I've got this accomplishment because of what, you know, you did this, but I'm actually all these things because you did these things uh, initially. But really now look at me because my dad would be looking at me like I was nuts. Like, okay, that's great. You know, we would call that pride maybe. Sometimes we go to God like that. We go, you know, God, I'm, I'm this and I'm that. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I am the greatest thing that ever was. I am this and I am that. I thank you that I can do this. I'm saved by grace and by faith. I do, and, and, and all of this hasn't got anything to do with him. We're just really reciting back to him what was done, which is lovely. However, in coming to Yahweh, it's got to be about him. So when I go to my dad on the earth, I go, dad, you're awesome. I just love you. You know, not because of what you do for me, what you give me, what you have for me, what you didn't do for me. I just love you because you're nice and I love you and I want to know how are you? Are you okay? Thank you for being you. Thank you for, you know, having me. Thank you for your character, whatever it is. And then he, that's how I speak to my dad on the earth. And so the same with father, we don't come to him telling him, I'm this and I'm that and I'm great because you did this for me. But I'm, And that's how we think we can approach him. But really, it's almost like we're speaking in third person. He wants us to come look at him going, you are holy. I worship you. You are amazing. You are magnificent. You are the all in all. Everything in me worships you. you it's all about him. All about him. No flesh can glory in his presence. Now, I wanted to read a um, a verse that I found in an ancient Hebrew book, and it said this, the lower structures of the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the lower structures of the Godhead are fed and nurtured by the mochin, and the word mochin in this book was literally the emotional attributes, so the lower structures of the Godhead are fed and nurtured by the emotional attributes that flow to them from the higher structures of the Godhead. So within the Father himself sits the God, the structure of who he is, since himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, within their structure, the higher and lower parts are fed through the emotional attributes of who they are. And so the, this idea gives a very explicit and visit form to the notion implicit from the Bible that God is a dynamic evolutionary learning being, a dynamic evolutionary learning being. God's mind, as it were, expands with and through her creation. And I was like, what? I had to read that several times. I wrote it down. I went, let me just look at that again. Here's a, a concept of God that I had to undo, that God knows everything, that he is everything, and there's nothing more. That's what it is. There's nothing more to him. But when I read this scripture, this is an ancient, ancient, ancient text. When I read the explanation of this particular, not scripture, but passage, the, the fact that they know that the upper structures of who God is and with the fullness of the Godhead lives in me, so the fullness of the Godhead lives within him, uh, the, the upper and lower feed through the emotional attributes of who he is, which means that God is always, always also expanding. And I went, what? And I, I said, the guy, oh my gosh, that's why I love this God and not any other of the gods that are out there because he's always expanding. In other words, there's not an end. He's not going to be there for eternity and go, all right, right, right now, we've got to the end. Anything else? More? Can we have some more? Anything else you want to do? And God sits there scratching his head going, well, you know, yeah, I, I, I had a lot here, but obviously you all have looked at it for eternity now and I've got to find something else to do. No, in fact, it's always expanding. It says, and I'll read it again, it says, 
that God is a dynamic, evolutionary, not evolution as in he's changing from a monkey to something, all right, evolutionary moving, learning, being. God's mind, as it were, is expanding with creation. So as creation expands, so does God expand into and for the fullness of who that is. In other words, it's not that he doesn't know, but there is no end to his knowing. There isn't a day where there's and full stop, period, there's nothing more. There's no end to his knowing. He keeps expanding in his knowledge and knowing with creation as creation herself expands. And this got me so excited. I love the notion that God is ever expanding. It must mean that as he keeps expanding the universe, his mind is constantly expanding. Therefore, you don't find God. We explore all that he is and we expand too. Isn't that great? You don't find God because God can't be found, so to speak, because he's forever expanding into all of who he is, the all and all and all and in all of all he is. Therefore, in my pursuit of knowing him, I too am expanding. This was great news for me. This was very exciting. I said this earlier. I don't believe, I don't teach, and I don't think the things that I thought 10 to 20 years ago. Why? I have become the same, an evolutionary learning being ever-expanding with the knowledge of Yahweh into creation. Woohoo! So I'm untangling from my belief system that I know him and that there's an end to knowing him and that he is everything, so therefore he is static because he isn't static. I remember someone saying this. He said, God is a moving horizon. You know what it's like if you go to the horizon, it keeps moving. You never get to the horizon because the horizon always expands just past you, which doesn't make the, the horizon an illusion. It is there. But when you get to it, it moves further away and further away. So you never get to the end of an horizon because if you did, you'd fall off the edge of the earth. And we know that's not possible. So he is always moving. The thing is that we have forgotten how to access this within ourselves. Our bodies have become entangled in the physical state. We've become entangled in, in creation and in earth and, and what is, is and what is will always be. And under the sun, there's nothing more we can do because of the fall and because of sin. We've forgotten how to access healing within ourselves. Because of how we, dis we dishonor our bodies, we've forgotten how to access longevity, living forever, living to be 900 to 1,000 or forever, because we've forgotten how to access it within ourselves, because we've come under creation. We've come under a belief system and a belief structure that has kept us in bondage. It's kept us sitting saying, uh, this is the lowest form of who I can be and who I am. And it's good enough. You know, we don't mind. It's all good. But re really, Yahweh is pushing us to remember who we are and to pull ourselves up to a new level. Now, look at, I want to read Psalms um, chapter 1. We've been looking at that a lot recently, and it says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. And I'm going to read it from the New King James Version here quickly. And it says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits 
in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf doesn't wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Woohoo! So this is the, what I'm trying to get to. We, we in, in unte- untethering from our mindsets, untethering from the things that have held us um, in a mindset about God and creation and my life and my body and my health and what I am and who I am and how long I live. It, we, our intention has to change. Who's Bruce report you're going to believe? You're going to sit in the council of the ungodly and listen to what they say? I don't care what they throw at me. I just go, mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm not going to forget how to access healing within myself, longevity within myself. I will not dishonor my body. I'm learning how to bring my body into a place where it comes up a level and it knows how to respond in kind. You know, so we've got to learn about yod heh using the name of the yod heh meditation, breathing, um, really learning how to, uh, meditation is a big thing, learning how to meditate well um, and bring our body's frequencies up so that we can become like him, uh, a never-ending, always expanding, evolutionary, learning being, expanding with the mind of the Father, the mind of Christ into all of creation. I find this to be unbelievably exciting for me. We need to know how to deal into our DNA, deal into who we are and what we're doing and how we do it so that we can step into the fullness of Yahweh.